Okay. So I'm going to go ahead and kick off and talk a little bit about business and bliss. So this idea and this vision, um, sort of just came to me because I have continued throughout my life consistently throughout my life, met these women who are amazing in business and they've just learned a ton throughout their career. They've learned lessons. They have had great experiences, had not so great experiences, but all of them shaped who they are and how they're currently showing up in their businesses and their careers. And I just am fascinated by growth and learning. And so I thought, gosh, I want to learn more about these women and their secret sauce, their secrets to success. And that's really kind of where it came from. But as I started thinking more about what makes these women amazing and what makes them unique and what makes me attracted and so intrigued by learning about them is the fact that they also have this really beautiful spiritual side and this spiritual journey and this spiritual awakening that they've been through in their life. And so it just sort of occurred to me, like there is amazing insight we can share from these women in terms of their business life, but there's so much juicy goodness. And I just got goosebumps saying that, that we can share from their spiritual journey and their spiritual awakening. And so that's where business and bliss was born from. I literally think I was in the car in my garage talking to my sister when it was born. Actually, I like have that photograph in my mind of that moment, which was amazing. So of course the universe connected Jen and I, um, again, after, I don't even know, like a decade or something. It's quite possibly a decade. Yeah. Um, reconnected us and Jen and I are both doing work in the entrepreneurial space specifically through uplifting and empowering women. So we were kind of like, duh, why, why are we collaborating in some way? Why aren't we doing something? And so I shared with this, I, this idea with her and she was like, said, let's do this. And so her amazing wife, Stacy has been our behind the scenes guru figuring everything out. And so here we are. Yeah, because you know, if you say any idea to Stacy that sounds remotely awesome, she's gonna be like, do it and do it now, right? And even if you say I'm afraid, she's gonna be like, Yeah, be afraid and do it. So yeah. So that's where business and bliss idea came from, and that's where it came from. So it's a it's an awesome background. I'm really I feel grateful. Like when you called me and said, Hey, I have this idea, I was like, Hell yeah, let's do it. So yeah, we can go ahead and kick it off. So for this episode, um, I'm going to be sharing a little bit about my business and bliss journey. So Jen is more so going to be kind of interviewing me for our next episode. We'll kind of do the opposite and you guys will get to hear a little bit more about Jen's journey as well. It'll a little bit kind of show you what to expect from our guests, our upcoming guests and sort of what they're going to share with you guys. But obviously this will continue to evolve and We'll deliver amazing content for you guys based on what you need, what you're looking for. So we'll continue to evolve in that way. Yes. So yeah. All right. Um, okay. So I'll kind of jump in um, with the business side, a little bit of background then I want to kind of share with you guys some lessons and some key takeaways that I think will really benefit you 
in your career or even in your own businesses. So I know there's definitely a lot of entrepreneurs and mompreneurs in our circles. So basically a little bit about my background. Um, I started my career right out of school with a large retailer and really moved all over the country for um, that retailer, which was an amazing opportunity. I love to travel um, and it was an amazing opportunity for me to meet new people. So I'm obsessed with new cultures and meeting new people and personalities and Thankfully, this opportunity allowed me to do that. And so really where my spiritual journey began, which I'll get into that in the bliss section, I hit an all-time emotional and spiritual low back in about 2008. I, I guess you could say I was depressed. I mean, I wasn't like diagnosed with that, but I mean, I was depressed. I was really low. I felt like life just pulled the rug out from under me. I just felt lost. In that moment, my older sister who's amazing. She sent me a DVD of the secret. You know, I'm like, okay, whatever this is, I don't know. But I popped it in because I was like at home eating ice cream by myself or something depressing like that. No. No, it was basically, you know, I'm at home alone, whatever. I didn't really have the energy to get out, go. So I was like, all right, let me pop this in. And it changed my life. And um, <clears throat> so if you haven't watched the DVD of the secret, there's just amazing speakers on there. And it just lit a fire in me and it helped me realize that there is joy out there, that, but I get to choose to create it. I can choose to wallow. I can choose to be a pity party of one, or I can go after it. And so that's really kind of where the spiritual journey began. But I began intense research and a self-discovery story. And really at that point, sort of just broke open my heart and started learning how to heal myself from the pain and disappointment. And so I started helping people through these teachings. So that happened to me in the workplace. You know, people would come to me and I started sharing with them a little bit about my journey and sharing different insights and basically tools that I had established in my toolkit. I really started becoming this like coach before I even really 100% knew what that was. I started becoming this coach in the workplace. The cool thing is that the more I woke up to who I really was and the more I sort of followed these breadcrumbs along this journey toward my calling and who I was, the more authentic I became. And that was valued. That was valued. I really started to show up instead of being this version of me of who I thought people wanted me to be, which is a lot of what we do in our early 20s. We kind of start to be who we think people think we should be. I started to wake up in, in the workplace, be this really authentic version of myself. And so, you know, that was a really amazing journey. You know, I remember when I went to Minneapolis and I had a team there. They're amazing. I'm still in touch with almost all of them actually. And the way that we connected and had really authentic professional conversations about their development and about who they are personally, professionally, they, they just like couldn't believe that someone was investing this time in them. And it, all, it had always been like work, 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 produce, 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 and investing, finally investing this time in them. And I'm realizing right now that I'm like nervous to even say that. So I've always been like nervous to like call other people out. But you know, the way I invested in them and really helped them be comfortable expressing who they were authentically. I mean, like you want to pursue this job in a completely different department, then that's what we're going to do. And who cares if anybody thinks that that's weird. I'm going to go network my ass off. I'm going to go meet everybody I need to meet. And we're going to get you there. We're going to find great mentors for you. Like we're going to invest in you. And so that's really my lesson around business is to be authentically yourself. And I will say that 
for the most part of my career, I was able to do that and I was supported to do that. And as I really grew up in this company, I was supported for being exactly who I was. And so there came a point in my career when I, I wasn't valued for who I was and I didn't feel like I could be authentically myself. And I felt judged and I felt I felt like I couldn't breathe is the best way to express it. And I look back now and I don't really have hard feelings. I realized that it was the whole, the whole time it was God, universe, spirit, whatever you call it. It was God saying, it's time for you to go. Like you have a bigger purpose to serve. You have something else you need to be doing. And I was like, uh, no, you know, I started my coaching business in 2014 and I was doing my coaching on the side. So that was like satisfactory at the time. That was enough at the time. And I was like, oh gosh, like breaking out on my own. And I'm an Enneagram six. So I feel like we'll find some Enneagram lovers out there, but I'm a loyalist, loyal. Like you can treat me like crap. You can do whatever you want. Like I'm going to be loyal. If I commit to something, I commit. And so even though the universe was giving me all these signs, like putting these people in my life who were also coaching, putting these people in my life who were entrepreneurs and putting these people in my life who were hosting retreats and webinars and all this stuff, I was like, okay, that's cool. I'm going to like keep on, you know, with my normal gig over here. The short story is I stayed in corporate about five years too long. Like when I look back, the, you know, the excuses to leave just kept getting bigger and bigger, right? Well, now like I have a baby, so it's like too risky and okay, well now I have a second baby. So now it's like really too risky. I can't, I can't pursue this dream. Even though on the back of my mind, it was just constantly nagging at me. And at the same time, I was just really struggling to breathe even more in my corporate environment. So finally, just a culmination of various events, finally, which was basically the universe kicking my ass and saying, well, you haven't listened for the past five years. So we're just going to basically make everything happen and make you fall on your ass so that you'll listen to us and do what we have to say. And so it worked. And after my second maternity leave with my son, I decided not to go back and take the leap, pursue this business. So really the bottom line is when you no longer feel that you can be authentically yourself, you are no longer showing up as the best version of you. And when you're not showing up as the best version of you, your work isn't going to be great quality. You're not going to feel supported. You're not going to be excited about going to work. It's you just literally start to crumble inside. And I know I'm not the only one who feels that way. You literally start to feel suffocated. And that's where, you know, you're driving into the office on Monday. I have clients right now who say every morning when I'm driving into the office, I literally feel like I can't breathe. I have anxiety attacks, I have panic attacks. And that, that listen to that. That is your body saying, Hey, maybe it's time for a change. You know, on Monday mornings when I wake up, I'm like, woo, I'm so excited now. I'm like, yes. I mean, even yesterday I like had free time. My husband gave me, um, and my husband said, where are you going to go? And I'm like, I'm going to go have a margarita and work. And he's like, I'm surprised you're going to go work. And I'm like, I'm not like, I love this so much. And I live it and breathe it. It's who I am. I get to be authentically myself and it's not perfect. I mean, I still have a group of people out there that I'm like, Oh dang, they're like, there's going to be some judgment up in her. Okay. Of who I am and how, what I'm saying and all this stuff. But you know what? So I have fear. I do, but I, have a tendency to run toward fear for the most part, not always, but I'm like, you know what? Let's just do it. Let's just do it. So, yes. so yeah, that's a little bit of my business journey. What I would say. And of course, like through my coaching, 
I share my gosh, 12 years now of research. I'm a growth nerd, so I do tons of research and read a ton, but I share tools with my clients to help them show up more authentically themselves. But I also, through my vulnerability performance model, help leaders vulnerably open up to their own authenticity and start modeling that in themselves and take them through a a step-by-step process to share that with their teams and then start to roll that out to their teams and create, you know, that, that trust fall, if you will, right? I'm thinking of like a ropes course, like that trust fall for the team members on that team to say, gosh, I really can like let my freak flag fly. Okay. I really can show up and be myself. Um, And we're seeing this crazy attrition rate with millennials right now because they don't feel like they can show up and be themselves. Like they want to show up, you know, with their like crazy outfits and their like whatever hair and their, you know, headphones and their, like, they just want to show up and be themselves and not be judged by some stuffy old dude. You know, it's like, get over it, throw the status quo out the window, let people let their light shine. And guess what happens when you let people's light shine? They're more productive. Your retention is amazing. Therefore, you're not wasting money on onboarding and training and inefficiencies. I mean, it's seriously a no-brainer. It's literally a no-brainer. You are a more authentic leader. You are more vulnerable. You create an environment of authenticity and people want to fucking work for you. But it is an honor and a privilege to help people wake up to that and help them realize just how impactful it can be when they show up as their vulnerable self and they're authentic. And that doesn't mean like you like spill your guts about every single detail of like a date you went on last Saturday. Okay. Like that's not what it means. It means that you show up as the version of you that you also are at home. Like I remember someone told me early on in my career, like Lisa, some of your employees, you know, they're just a little like thrown off by how loud and boisterous and energetic you are, (laughs) which I understand. I'm, I'm a little much at times. But, and he said to me, he said, you know, you can still be yourself, but you have to be like your work version of yourself. You can't, you can't be like all the way yourself. And I remember being, you know, 23 and that just like crushed my spirit. It crushed my spirit and figured it out eventually. But you know, what's that quote? Like for parents, you know, let's create a childhood that our children don't have to recover from or heal from. It's the same thing as leaders. Like let's create an environment where our employees don't have to heal themselves from your leadership. God knows they exist. Right. I mean, as I just said that I had like a flash of like three people. I'm like, I don't ever have to see them again. But if I do, I will send them love and light because I've healed from that. (laughs) My point is don't be a leader that your team has to heal from. And that would be my goal. Um, and that's really what I help people figure out. I do a ton of communication strategy. I do a ton of just gut check just to help leaders before they, you know, share communication with their teams. And it's been a beautiful journey. That's awesome, Lisa. Yeah. Awesome. So right now you're doing a bunch of coaching of leaders that are in business and being able to help them And what are some of the challenges that they're facing out there that you're helping them with? I know you're saying that you're doing the communication and helping them and coaching them through certain situations and, and being themselves. But what does it look like when they want to be happy? Like on the other side of business, what does that, that bliss side look like? How do you get them Mm -hmm. to kind of, yeah, I know I personally, I have a laser focus, man. When I'm in business, I'm in business. I'm go mode. I'm a shark. And that bliss side, if I'm, I'm also a, a creature of habit. So there's this inertia factor where if I'm in go mode, I stay in go mode until somebody like 
slaps me on the ass and says, it's time to have fun, right? Mm-hmm. And there are people out there that they're so focused on work that life passes them by. Mm-hmm. And what's your secret sauce and how do you help your clients maintain the balance? I would say first and foremost, you can't, you cannot pour from an empty, empty cup. And I know that that's a quote that we've all heard. You can't pour from an empty cup, but the bottom line is if you are not investing in yourself first, you can't expect someone else to make you happy. Right. So I'll go ahead and give a shout out to my girl, Jacqueline Ortega. She already knows she's probably going to come up and, or Jacqueline Moreno. She's got married. Sorry, Ivan. You know, she said to me one time, friend, you're not responsible for my happiness. That has stuck with me for, you know, close to 10 years now. That that's the thing. Nobody else is responsible for your happiness. And what, what, and we've all done it myself included, but what a shitty expectation to put on your friends or on your spouse. Like you better figure out how to make me happy. I mean, that's an incredible amount of pressure and it's not fair. And granted, you know, you don't want them to be disrespectful to you or, you know, anything like that, but there, Don Miguel Ruiz, he's amazing in the four agreements. And he talks about, don't take anything personally. Things that other people do have nothing to do with you has everything to do with themselves. And so if you're unhappy, there's probably something that you need to do for you. And so, um, you know, there's really this concept of self-love and self-care and investment in yourself that is really helping people to awaken to their bliss and what gives them joy and help them figure out how to be the best version of themselves. And guess what? Eureka, they like show up in a better place at work as well. So I actually wrote an article, um, for, for this, for true talent group. So I'll, I think that's posted on my LinkedIn, but anyway, so I'll kind of transition from there into the bliss part. You know, I talked about it a little bit earlier, but <clears throat> back in 2008 is when I hit my flow and everyone kind of has their point where they're like, gosh, I want to start doing something different in my life. Like what I'm doing isn't working. And so for me, that was back in 2008. And from there, I really just went on this adventure in figuring out how to find joy again. And, you know, it's beautiful, the quote by Rumi, which I just love, which says the wound is where the light enters you. And it's so true because if my heart had not been broken open, I probably wouldn't have been where I won't, I would not be where I am today. And I would not have the knowledge that I have today. So I did a ton of research and, you know, I realized that I had experienced heartbreak early on in my life, like even as a five-year-old little girl. And, you know, I never really knew how to address those feelings or recover from them. And so it was at this point where I was finally ready to do the work. And so I do want to talk about really quickly a book called Calling in the One that I do want to recommend to our listeners. So this book, I originally picked up and I thought, because, you know, I was like looking for my soulmate, like calling in the one, I'm going to find the one if I read this book, typical, you know, 26 year old girl, dang it. So I read this book, but I want to tell you this book, you think it's going to be like, you know, this, this book that tells you the secret to finding your soulmate but it's not. The book is all about fixing yo shit. That's what it's about. Fix you. And so, I mean, this book thought I knew what my issues were, but this book like flipped everything on its head. And I was like, Oh dang, I didn't realize like, that's where that issue came from. And I didn't realize like, I still had a hang up about this situation. I thought I was over it, but I'm not. And so it was amazing. So that really uh, catapulted me forward in my journey. You said it was calling in the one. 
calling in the one, it's amazing. And it does take some discipline. So it's like 30 minutes every morning that you're waking up, you're doing activities. Let me tell you, I, I mean, I was like sobbing most of the time. So but let me tell you, if you invest in this book, I mean, it will tell you a ton, but if you, you know, if that's something that you're like, gosh, I don't really have the discipline or the interest in doing that. It's definitely a lot of the work I do with my clients and, and that's something I can help lead you through as well. So, but anyway, so I'll share a little bit more, um, of my journey. So I, you know, started reading Gabby Bernstein's books. Um, the universe has your back spirit junkie, may cause miracles. I read a ton from Mastin Kip who runs the daily love. From there, I read the four agreements, which is amazing by Don Miguel Ruiz. I listened to a ton of the excerpts from the Abraham Hicks publications. And I'm going to give a shout out to my girl, Lana Schlafer as well. So she's a mindset coach. I started following her and she's just amazing. And so through all of this journey of self-discovery, I actually came to realize that I'm also an intuitive channel. And so I just felt like my little, my little heart flutter, my, my little fear pop up because that's not something I've, I've said that out loud to maybe like five people. So it's out there now, you know, I came to realize that through automatic writing and also through intuitive channeling, I am able to just like hear messages specifically for individuals, which has been so great because, you know, a client will call me and say, you know, Hey, I'm calling you because of X issue. And I'm able to hear the words that they're not saying and, and actually fix the true issue. You know, sometimes people come to a coach or a mentor or a friend because they don't even quite know how to articulate what's going through their mind. And so I'm able to give words to what they're feeling. And it's really beautiful because not only does it just like cut to the chase, that's the thing with counseling that sometimes bugs me. You're like, okay, 15 sessions later, you're like, I'm still, like, are we going to accomplish anything? I'm still just like telling you my life. You know, it allows me to say like, Hey, here's what I'm, here's what I'm hearing. Is this, is this really how you're feeling? Is this really what's going on? Yeah. Is this actually your block, your obstacle? And they're like, yes, yes, yes. And so with that, you know, I'm really able to help people find their joy more quickly. And I'm really able to tune into tools that are specifically made for them because my goal is that people don't need to come back to me. Right. I mean, that's the thing with my, you know, I, I explored counseling just again, because of my like unquenchable thirst for growth. I'm like, let me go to a counselor. Like I want to see this other side of the story. And you know, that's the difference in coaching is that we, my goal is that we help you develop. We teach you to fish. We don't just give you the fish. And that's really what my goal is. And so I would say specifically, you know, one of the main themes that I've identified through my clients that's emerged really over the past six months or so has been this concept of women going through identity crises. And that was a little bit of a weird phrase for me to use at the beginning, but you know, it's this concept of identity crises, meaning women who are newly married or newly with children. And, and, or, and this was me specifically too. And they're like, who the hell am I? Who the hell am I now? Like I used to be this woman who would like jump on a plane. I would jump on these deals and just be like, let's go to Paris for the weekend or let's just go to Mexico or let's just jump here or jump there. You know, I have this very free life. I didn't get married until I was 34, had kids when I was 35. So, I mean, I had a long time to just be me and do whatever I wanted to do. And so, you know, then I wake up one day and I have like 
puke on me and crap. And I haven't washed my hair in four days. And I literally didn't recognize myself. And it was like this identity crisis of who am I? And so I had to do a ton of self-discovery and a ton of trial and error to figure out tools to pull myself out of this funk. And so that's what I, my upcoming ebook, 21 Days of Self-Love is really geared toward all these identity crises that women are going through. You know, I'm thinking of my clients right now, um, you know, someone who their kids just went off to college and they're like, I'm not even connected to my husband anymore. I'm always used to being a mom. Like, I don't know who I am. I have women who are stay at home moms who their kids have now gone off to school. And again, they're like, who am I? I've always been mom. And now I don't know this version of myself. We have women who left corporate America and always really like their identity was baked into these big titles and big paychecks. And, you know, now they're like, I'm a mom or I'm an entrepreneur or, you know, I'm following my husband's career and I don't really know who I am anymore. So there's so many different examples out there, but basically what I'm, I'm really working on right now within my ebook, just as one example of what I do and my coaching to help people find more bliss is figuring out these specific activities for individuals to help them reconnect with who they are, rediscover who they are, start to love themselves again, start to be vulnerable enough to ask for help, be vulnerable enough to say to their partner, like I said yesterday, I, I need a break. I need to go out and just kind of be by myself and have some time for myself and apply some intentionality to that and some consistency so that they can really reach their peak level of bliss and joy. I think it's so important. I, I even suffered from that for a, for a little while when I left corporate America and became an entrepreneur and trying to adjust to having four kids. I mean, am I crazy? I'm crazy. I must be crazy. But I went through that process. And one of the biggest things that, that Stacy did for me at that point in time was every once in a while, she would come home and she would say, Hey, you should go for a ride on your Harley. And I would say, yeah, I should. So I could figure out who the I am again. That'd be great. Yeah. And you know, I would, I'd ride out to Mount Laguna and I'd go get centered. I'd do some grounding. I'd check in with myself. I'd do some breathing and then like connect back to my why and why I was doing all this stuff. And yeah, it helped a lot. And had I not had that support, you know, she offered it. I didn't even have to ask. Mm -hmm. She's kind of cool like that. She just recognizes yeah. what you need, you know? Right. So, you know, it's just, it really is important to do that. So I think that's, I think it's really cool that you are aware of all those different stages of life that people go through. You know, there's so many marriages. Like if you think about the divorce rate, there are so many marriages where when they have their first kid, they usually are divorced by the time the kid is three. And that's because the mom is usually going through this identity crisis of who am I anymore? I used to be this hot broad that was doing this or doing that. And now I've got, now I smell like a baby's puke or baby formula or breast milk, whatever it is. And then, you know, you go through that process and it leads to a lot of disconnected relationships. So I think that your, your part about staying connected to your spouse and getting that support is huge. You got yeah. your shit together, girl. Got it together. You know what? Here's it's interesting that you say that because um, I definitely don't have my shit together. Here's what's <laughs> interesting. And Jen, you'll probably remember this from our our past life together. But you know, there used to be this concept in business, and there still is that if someone, for example, is really strong at communication, then you should have and you are not so great at communication, you should have that person who's naturally great at communication as your mentor. No. 
could not be further from the truth. You need the person who, who sucked at it. Literally cannot figure out how to put a sentence together, but they figured it out yes. and they dug themselves out of that trench of non-sentence congruity. Mm -hmm. Like that's the person that you need, right? So that that's why I feel like I'm such a qualified person to do this work because I screw up every day, every day. Yeah. Um, you know, I mean, literally every day, the difference is, and I, I talk about this a lot with my client clients, and this is going to be, um, an e-course that I'm working on right now. It's this concept of you can go to the dark place, but do not dwell there. Um, and so what I teach people is when you go to the dark place, here are tools to pull yourself out of it. So dark place, meaning depressed or unsatisfied at my job or feeling disconnected from my spouse or, feeling depressed about society expectations. Like I should be married by now and I'm not, I'm depressed about it Been there, you know, all these things that cause us to lose our joy, which expectations, expectations are the thief of joy. I think Tony Robbins said that, but, um, you know, that that's where it comes from. Like I'm the person who literally screws up every day and I'm naturally for whatever reason, I don't know, but I naturally have more of like a doom and gloom side than I do puppies and butterflies side. I, I have to work on it every day. I work on it every day. I consciously wake up. I do my five minute journal in the morning and I consciously work on it every day. And you know, it's made such a difference too in my relationship. And I just told my husband this the other night that like, I really love where we've evolved to and it's the work that we've done on ourselves but where we've evolved to in that we're the couple that like literally we can just like blow up about some topic fill in the blank literally can be anything but five minutes later we're fine I have clients that I work with who get in a fight with their spouse and they're still pissed off and seething like three days later and so those are the types of things that I help with it's not that I don't go there it's not that I don't go there. It's that I've done, you know, 11, 12 years of research on all the possible tools and tactics that you can pull out of your toolkit to bring yourself back to joy. I try to get all my poop in one sock, but it rarely happens. Yeah. It looks like it is, you know, but I think that for me, I completely agree with you. The coach that you need is the one that already overcame the shit that you need to, that you're facing, right? Mm -hmm. So then they know how to deal with it, you know, one brick at a time and solve it. And they're probably the best qualified person that mm -hmm. can help you through it. So I definitely agree with that. I think that that is uh, spot on. So yeah. I think when it comes to having all your shit together though, like nobody does, I don't know anybody that does. And if they, if they think they do, um, then, you know, awareness is the first step. <laughs> I feel bad for when they finally <laughs> figure it out. <laughs> when you talked about the intuitive channeling and you said there's only a few people that, that know that and the, the woo factor, talk, talk a little bit about, about that a little bit more. If you don't mind, I'm going to like yeah. pull you out of that, that comfort zone. And what does that look like for you? Okay. Thanks ass. I'll go right into it. <laughs> um, so, um, I was talking to Jen and actually, um, I'll give a shout out to Sherry Murbach, who is another coach that I'm collaborating with, who kind of pointed this out. But so for any of you guys in business who've done strength finders, several businesses use this as even a selection tool. Um, but strength finders essentially assesses different characteristics of your leadership and puts them into buckets. I think there's 14 categories. And so my top strength in strength finders is woo. And so I guess 
this is the uh, category that there's the least amount of people in this category in the world. And Jen, you haven't done it yet, but I'd be interested if you do strength finders, you're probably a woo too. So it's kind of funny because a lot of the things that I do, a lot of the tactics and things like that, people would call them woo woo. So I'm like, okay, I'm officially woo woo. I'm a woo in strength finders. But what that means is um, through, in terms of the scientific research that has gone into strength finders is that you're socially intuitive. And so it's kind of nice to have science and leadership studies acknowledge this intuitive piece. And so essentially what that means is you walk into a room or you, you go up to and interact with a person and I automatically just can meet them where they're at. Like high energy, I'm there. Low energy, I'm there. Quiet, I can be reserved. You know, it's not, it's almost like being a chameleon, but it's not because it's not changing who I am, but I'm able to just show up for them in the way that they need and sort of meet them where they are. So there's a social intuition. And so it was really great to, again, have that acknowledged. And the more I sort of sat with that and held more space for that and, and tuned into myself and spent more time practicing self-awareness, it sort of just occurred to me, I, I'm like, the things that I'm saying to people in my sessions aren't, I don't even always remember what I'm saying. And so I was like, what is that? Like, it's not even me. Or it is me, it's my higher self, but it's not like the conscious version of me. So I started just kind of like playing around with this. And so I actually got some angel cards from Doreen Virtue and I started just doing automatic writing and doing readings for people, my close friends, you know, like the five people that I had talked to about this, just to be like, is this right for you? Is this accurate? You know, talk to me about something that I don't know about. Like, let me tune in and, and see what messages come through for, for you from spirit. And it was accurate and it was right. And so I started like trusting myself a little bit more and going to this place. And, um, so, you know, now before each of my sessions, I connect with my guides, I connect with my clients guides and really ask for amazing messages to come through for them, things that they need to hear and things that are for their best and highest good. So that's kind of where that came from. You know, it's interesting because again, a lot of times I can hear the words that people aren't saying and it's not, I'm not clear audience. I think it's called clear sentient when I am like, I just feel, I just feel it and know. I think um, it's really interesting about the part where you said that you don't even remember what you said to them because that to me that that literally is the higher higher version of yourself it's like you're almost in a trance while speaking to them 100% it is yeah and um i find that so interesting that's a gift and and when you walk away from it and you're just like and later on you have they say something to you and you're like what the hell i don't even remember telling you that really i said that wow that's yeah i i do sometimes good. and so thankfully i've learned now you know lots of trial and lots of error i've so i i take notes while i'm talking and i send my clients notes so i i can look back and say okay like, this is what this is what you're referring to this is what we talked about and for the most part i do remember because i'm getting more skilled right i'm getting skilled in kind of like existing in both places and consciously hearing it while I'm subconsciously sharing it, if that makes yeah. sense. Yeah. Um, so I'm able to kind of have that duality now, but yeah, definitely in the early stages, it's like if I wanted to really go there, then I wouldn't necessarily remember it. It's just been within the last few years that I've really just dove into the whole 
spirituality thing, meditation, mindset. It's probably only been five years that I've been doing that. And I've just, I found that the balance is hard to get, but it's awesome when you get it. All right. Episode two, I'll try and talk a little bit about my business side and then, you know, how I'm trying to, to be blissful like Lisa. And then we'll go, uh, we'll go from there. We're all a balance. Well, thanks everybody for tuning in and we'll see you on episode two. Right on. Bye.